0: Pastor Xavier Reese with The Simple Truth About Obedience.
1: When you remove consequences, you have just destroyed authority. I think you can understand that as a parent. If you do not bring consequences to your home, your children, what happens? You have no authority. But if you have consequences, your authority stands. Society is no different. The reason we have such a messed up society is because we have messed up homes.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Drug abuse, alcohol addiction, suicide, there is no upside for those who are involved in self-destruction. Well, Pastor Xavier says there is an answer to this widespread problem. Today, as he continues his study from the book of Leviticus, he brings us three reasons why Americans are headed down the path of self-destruction unless they turn to the hope that can only be found in God's Word. Let's listen.
1: We're going to be looking at various scriptures through chapter 18 and 19 and 20 of Leviticus. It's a very interesting section. I've entitled this the sermon a prescription for sure death. So if you want to die, pay attention. If you follow these steps, it's a sure thing. I want to begin by reading a study that was done, and it's a little lengthy, so I ask you to bear with me. A commission of educational, political, medical, business leaders met to examine the problems of the American children. They issued a report called Code blue. You'll be familiar with that note. That's when there's cardiac arrest and an emergency ward and life is dwindling away. Which came to a disturbing and unprecedented conclusion. Quote Never before has one generation of American teenagers been less healthy, less cared for, or less prepared for life than their parents were at the same age. The evidence is only hidden from the blind. I sit on the Senate committee that deals with the children and family. I sat on a similar committee in the House of Representatives. I have seen the parade of uh, pathologies that are understanding or unending and unincreasing. Suicide is now the second leading cause of death among adolescents, increasing 300 percent since 1950. Teen pregnancies have risen 621 percent since 1940. More than a million teenage girls get pregnant each year. 85% of teenage boys who impregnate teenage girls eventually abandon them. Keep that in mind, ladies, okay? The teen homicide rate has increased 232% since 1950. Homicide is now the leading cause of death among 15 to 19-year-old minority youths. Every year, substance abuse claims Younger victims with harder drugs. A third of high school seniors get drunk once a week. The average age for first-time drug use is now 13 years old. He goes on to say the Code Blue report made an an essential point. The challenges to the health and the well-being of American youth are not primarily rooted in illness or economics. Unlike the past, the problem is not childhood disease or unsanitary slums. The most basic cause of suffering, the report concludes, is profoundly self-destructive behavior. Drinking, drugs, violence, promiscuity, a crisis of behavior and belief, a crisis of character. Like a lot of well-intended panels, Code Blue had no idea what to do with its findings. They diagnosed a cultural crisis. The solutions they eventually offered mainly centered on better health care, Former Education Secretary William Burnett uh, commented, quote, "...in other words, Code Blue identifies a crisis of the spirit, a sickness of the soul, and it recommends aspirin, Band-Aids, and a hall pass to the nurse. This is not a problem that will be solved with money or clinics or medicine. It has deeper roots in heart and soul, in the mainstream of youth culture. It is deeply disturbing." It leaves a legacy of broken lives, but at the extremes, it is frightening with children who seem drained of conscience. A very incredible statement and article. This is what has happened to the land of the free and the home of the brave. Why? What went wrong? I would like to give to you three reasons for the debilitating condition of our country from Leviticus 18 through 20. The three reasons are as follows, and we'll take one at a time. The first one is Americans are defiant to authority. Secondly, Americans are dedicated to selfishness. Third, Americans are destructive to family love. Those three ingredients will bring sure death to your life and the life of a nation. They work. They guarantee the results. Chapter 1 through 17 of Leviticus were given by God to the Israelis that they might know how to worship God. Chapter 18 to 27 were given by God to the Israelis that they might know how to walk with God. So important. Everything was given to them for the benefit of their own being. The section here from 17 down to 26, the chapters, has been called the Holiness Code since the late 19th centuries, which basically deals with ethics and moral standards for living. Our nation has turned from clear-cut ethics and moral standards that made our nation strong for close to 200 years to embrace relativism, situational ethics, value clarifications, existentialism, and humanism. And yet, in only 25 to 30 years or so, we have destroyed this great nation from within because we have embraced such a philosophy. They have made it illegal to teach about God and the Bible in our schools, yet they teach our teenagers how to put a condom on a banana. The law requires parental consent for a young lady under the age of 18 to have her ears pierced. And yet, the school can take your young daughter out of school under 18, get her an abortion, and they do not need your consent. Something is desperately wrong with our nation. We are a society without morals or a moral conscience, no longer able to distinguish between right and wrong. It's hard to understand or even imagine, but there are people out there, generation upon generation, for the last 20 years, who cannot discern between right and wrong because of the education that they have received through our school systems, as well as our entertainment industry. Incredible. Americans are defiant to authority. They defy the authority of God who requires an absolute standard of holiness. Look at chapter 19, verse 1 through 2. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel. And say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. We defy the authority of God, who requires an absolute standard of holiness. And so we declare that there is no God, that we are mere products of chance and evolution. And therefore, life has become cheap. It's all relative. That's the breaks, that's the way the cookie crumbles. We declare that truth must be experienced and determined to be truth by the individual himself. Relativism. What may be true for you is not absolute truth for me. It's a matter of preference. The nifty little word that is being tossed around from the Supreme Court down is, it's a matter of interpretation. We have become our own gods. Nobody can tell me what's right and wrong. It's all relative. Americans defy the honor of God. He deserves in verse 4 of chapter 19. Do not turn to idols, nor make for yourselves molding gods. I am the Lord your God. You'll find this phrase repeated. I am the Lord your God, over and over again through these chapters. Americans defy the honor of God. He deserves. Idolatry is the worship and honor of something in the place of God. And as you look to our society, you see Americans worshipping many things. Worshipping their jobs, worshipping their material possessions, worshipping the the conquest of sexuality, worshipping materialism, worshipping leisure time, worshipping anything. We have substituted the place of God. We have failed to give Him honor and glory, and therefore we are a very confused society. Representing God by an image is a misrepresentation of God who is spirit and who created all. We reduce God to this little thing that we create. Certainly we don't worship idols today in the United States and we boast about that. We're not so ignorant. But you look at all the ignorant things we do do. (laughs) We defy the honor of God He deserves. Thirdly, we defy the authority and the honor of parents. This is big today. In chapter 19, verse 3, he says, Every one of you shall revere his father and mother. No exception. Everyone. In verse 32, you shall rise before the gray headed and honor the presence of an old man and fear your God. I am the Lord. Chapter 20, verse 9. For everyone who curses his father and his mother shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father and his mother. His blood shall be upon him to revere father and mother for the simple reason that they gave you life. This generation has learned to dump on their parents, especially the Christian community. You know, my parents were non-believers. They did the best they could, and I thank God for my parents for what they did. For me as a Christian, to dump on my parents for what they did not do is a disgrace to me. And yet I hear Christians always bashing their non-believing parents. You honor them. They gave you life. They brought you into the world. And God was in the plan in spite of all that took place. People don't honor their father and mother today. They don't respect the elderly. I mean, they are vicious towards the elderly. These teenage girls, 13 to 14, ransacked the house of these elderly women, 83, 91, threatened to kill them, took $300, went down, bought some clothes when they were arrested, they did not even show any signs of remorse. You just recall just a few books back, this elderly lady who uh, was accosted at, at, at the parking lot and her purse was being snatched she, hang on to it, They drug her for such a distance she died. Where in the heck are we going? Incredible. Americans defy the authority of capital punishment. In chapter 20, verse 9, down through 21, I'm not going to read it all, but here he lists all kinds of different sins that were punishable by death. By death. No exception. Today, it would be impossible for the U.S. to implement this, simply, first of all, because we are not a theocracy. I understand that. And I am not implying that people who are committing these various crimes here should be put to death at all times. This is the law. This was for people who were living unto God. But capital punishment is throughout the Old Testament, listen, as well as the New Testament, as I will show you. The refusal to execute capital punishment when life is taken has severe consequences you remember when Noah got off the boat? After the flood, in chapter 9 of Genesis, verses 4 and 5, God says, Noah, if any man kills a man, or if any animal kills a man, I want you to kill that animal or that man. Because man is made in the image of God. And there is value to life. He says in the book of Numbers, chapter 35, verse 31 to 34, Moreover, you shall take no ransom for the life of a murderer who is guilty of death, but he shall surely be put to death. And you shall take no ransom for him who has defiled or who has fled his city to the city of refuge that he may return to dwell in the land before the death of the priest. In other words, there were provisions for those who had accidentally killed somebody. There were cities of refuge you could run there until the priest could get you together, have a hearing, and if in fact the evidence was you weren't guilty, then you had to just abide in the refuge city till the death of the high priest, then you were free. So provisions were made already for those who had just caused. But those who premeditated and those who killed people in premeditation, the Bible is very clear: you kill them. Listen to what he says in verse thirty-three. So you shall not pollute the land where you are, for blood defiles the land, and no atonement can be made for the land, for the blood that is shed on it, except for the blood of him who shed it. Interesting principle. Look at our land. Because we have become a bunch of waste, and we don't want to execute murderers, we put bars on our home windows rather than to keep people in jail, we try to keep people out of our homes. We have refused to execute capital punishment where it's due, and therefore, we have a great problem in our correctional institutions. They're overpopulated. And we are releasing people not because they are ready for society, but because we don't have any more room in our institutions for them. Why? Because we have defied the authority of God regarding capital punishment. You say, Xavier, but there's a lot of innocent victims. Yes, there's innocent victims everywhere, isn't there? And the justice system is not perfect. But I'll tell you what, a lot less people would suffer if we had capital punishment than people that suffer because we don't have it. You see, you and I don't have any rights. The criminals do. guy breaks in your house... He steals something from your house. You better hope he don't break his leg inside. He'll sue you. True case. Man came in stealing the TV, coming down the stairs. There was a skate on the stairs. He slipped, fell, broke his leg. Where he's arrested, turned around and sued the people. Interesting. I don't know how they figure that. The civil authorities are to exercise capital punishment. Romans fourteen. 1 in 4 speaks about obeying the authorities of the land, the civil authorities. They are there for the punishment of the evildoer. They do not bear the sword. Listen, in vain. 1 Peter 2, 3 through 14 speaks clearly about that. It's for the New Testament as well as the Old. Why? It's the protection for a healthy society. It's a deterrent to those who are living a life of crime. Now, today we say that it is not a deterrent. I know one person it will deter real quickly and finally the person who commits that murder. And so we have gangbangers all over who shoot innocent children for the sake of a notch on their belts, who have no respect for life. The criminals on the street also know that the authority of society has been destroyed, consequences have been removed. And when you remove consequences, you have just destroyed authority. I think you can understand that as a parent. If you do not bring consequences to your home, your children, what happens? You have no authority. But if you have consequences, your authority stands. Society is no different. Society is merely a reflection of our homes. The reason we have such a messed up society is because we have messed up homes. That's where it begins. It's not in education. It's not in money. It's in getting the homes right. Making men committed to their marriages, women to their marriages, to absolute right and wrong and bringing consequences. Then you will see healthy homes. Then you will have a healthy society. But let's not deceive ourselves thinking that it's going to come through education and money. We just become smarter sinners. That's all we do. It doesn't help us. So Americans are defiant to authority. We want to be our own God. Secondly, Americans are dedicated to selfishness. Americans are dedicated to being uncompassionate. In chapter 19, verse 9 and 10. God says, When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field, nor shall you gather the glean of your harvest. And you shall not glean your vineyards, nor shall you gather every grape of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the stranger. I am the Lord your God. You see, God cares very deeply for the poor and the needy throughout Scripture, and throughout history, it has been the Christian community who has always come alongside to help the poor and the needy. Always. Hospitals, schools, everything has been initiated by the Christian community. Not the pagan, not the humanist, but the Christian community. God in His law provided for the poor. Notice that God provided for the poor through those who had more than enough. First of all, that's a good principle. Secondly, notice that he got provided for the poor that they would have to work for it, not just be a handout. They would have to, so the corners of the fields would not be reaped. If you went through it one time, you weren't to go it thr- twice. Remember the book of Ruth? Ruth was going through it. She picked up the gleaning. And so God has made a provision. Today we give handouts so we don't give people an initiative to work. And so they become welfare recipients for three, four, five generations. And the system is so bad that if you try to better yourself, then they remove the help you have. So you say, well, what the heck? I can't get on my feet, so why go out and work? It's a useless system. People need to work. We have so much that people can do. They can clean the streets. They can work the forest. They can do so many things who do nothing but receive welfare. Now, I'm not talking about being callous. I'm talking about helping them. That's what I'm talking Whether you're black, white, brown, pink, blue, I could care less. I don't care what color you are. You're an American you can do and go anywhere you want. I know, because I wasn't born here. And you know what? I have gotten as far as I have given myself to go. You're always going to have prejudice. So what? You go to school. You study hard. You depend upon God. And you know what? God will be faithful. God will take care of it. What has happened to America? America. The foundation of America has been undermined at the home. Nobody has anywhere to go. You need two weeks to get on your feet, family would be there. It's not there any longer. So you can't ever get on your feet. Do you help others or are you uncompassionate? Do you appease yourself just by saying, well, you know, I give to God and, and, you know, I've got to survive. I think there's some biblical principles that you find throughout Scripture. One is you give to God. Second, you put away a little bit for the needy. Little kitty, whatever God leads you. So when that time comes, you have to help somebody. And even when we don't have money, we can help paint a house. We can help mow a lawn of an elderly. We can take a bag of food somewhere. This is Christianity, people. This is where it's at. God requires that of us Christians. I hope you have compassion.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese, reminding us to treat others based on our love for Jesus Christ. And you can request a copy of today's intriguing study from the book of Leviticus called A Prescription for Sure Death. It's available on CD for just $4. And make sure you pick up an additional copy to pass along to a friend or loved one. Now, the title to ask for once again is A Prescription for Sure Death. And please, be sure and include the call letters of this station when you contact us. Now, is it true that we have to live a perfect life in order to be in fellowship with God? That's our topic on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California